0: wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be,
1: here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings again from Studio B at the headquarters for your favorite teams. Don't forget, you can always follow our show at Black Blue Report. That's the Twitter handle. That's where you'll find news and info about the show and, of course, the daily lineup as well. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean Kelly Live. That Twitter account's been beat up pretty good here since Sunday's game. (laughs) Almost the same as when you kind of go out, whether it's to the gas station, the grocery store, or whatever. The conversation continues about Sunday's loss to Cleveland. But uh, here on this Tuesday, as the NFL kind of takes its day or its quiet day, I'm anxious to look ahead a little bit and start to think about the fact that Black and gold are back at home this weekend. That means tailgating, and that means a better black and gold Friday. And then, of course, home sweet dome on Sunday when the uh, Saints take on the one-and-one Minnesota Vikings. So with that, even here on this Tuesday, we're going to look ahead a little bit and uh, start to learn a little more about the Vikings with Mike Wabshaw. He's at Vikings.com, and he'll help us begin that conversation here the day before both teams get back on the practice field. There's plenty to talk about, especially when you think of the Vikings and the way their season started First a blowout win against St. Louis and then getting blown out by the Patriots this past weekend. So Michael, help us navigate their first two games and we'll start to zero that conversation in and we'll hear from the Saints and obviously the players with regard to the Vikings starting tomorrow after practice in the locker room. Uh, tomorrow also I think we're going to hear from Monty Williams and uh, Anthony Davis who are returning from Spain after their FIBA World Cup championship. So we'll have some basketball for you as the week progresses as well. But we still have to kind of put a wrap on this past weekend, and John DeShazer is going to stop by and help us do that here on this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. He'll take us into the locker room yesterday and a visit with three different players. Today we'll hear from Kenny Vaccaro, Teron Armstead, and Robert Meacham, as the Saints on Monday have that video session in the morning. The game film is picked apart, and then... They have an open locker room with the media. And then, as you heard yesterday, probably saw the live stream on NewOrleansSaints.com. Head coach Sean Payton has his day after press conference as well. But J.D. had a chance to sit down with those three guys uh, one-on-one, and we'll play you just a little bit of those uh, as we uh, make our way through this Tuesday uh, show here on the Black and Blue Report. So we're going to zero in on that. We're going to look back just one more time at the Cleveland game with those three players, and then we're going to look ahead. And we'll start to zero in on the Minnesota Vikings with Mike Wabshaw, Uh, from vikings.com it's all yours here from studio b and we'll pick it up with those three players and jd next gatorade knows every victory starts from within it's the determination to come up big when it matters most but no athlete does it alone they need training and fuel to perform that's how greatness comes from within win from within
0: Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit
1: NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and your Pelicans have been working throughout the offseason to take this team to the next level. Individual game tickets for the 2014-15 season are on sale now. Make sure to score your tickets early to check out the biggest matchups and see the biggest stars of the NBA. The best seats for premier games are going to go fast. Visit Pelicans.com and take flight with your Pelicans today.
0: Pelicans.com and OrleansSaints.com. your first stop when following your teams.
1: Hey, don't forget tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, we help you get ready for your fantasy football weekend. Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com will be with Daniel Salerson on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. And don't forget also on the website, neworleansaints.com, Jennifer Hale's uh, weekly fantasy football show will be up. That's tomorrow, along with the uh, social zone that she also hosts for neworleansaints.com. That's tomorrow on the show. Still to come today, Mike Wobshaw from vikings.com. But first, let's go back into the Saints locker room from yesterday, where our own John DeShazer chased around a couple of guys with the microphone and had a chance to visit with one on defense and two from the offensive side of the football. Let's start here with Kenny Vaccaro. This is JD with Kenny yesterday, and Vaccaro kind of picks up where he left off on a Sunday, talking about some of the blown coverage for the secondary and allowing those big plays.
2: At the end of the day, we didn't finish. Um, you can't give up. You can't give up big plays and um, and you definitely can't blow covers where guys are wide open. It doesn't matter who you're playing or what's going on.
5: When something like that happens, is it more heat of the moment or is it crowd-related? Or
2: Man, like our, our, our DB coach said, always you got to win the moment. And that's just a situation where you got to be prepared and you got to execute. I don't think every 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 time you go out there, there's a crowd. It's hot. It's cold. I don't, I don't think that matters. I don't think anybody cares either. Nobody Nobody blames that. You just gotta, you gotta execute. Was there, were there any other miscommunications in the game, or was it just? I mean, I'm sure there were. I haven't, wa- we haven't watched the tape as a unit. So, usually in every game, there's, there's some type of miscommunication for any team. You say it's just, really, just a matter of kind of getting that first win and kind of snowballing
5: the other way. Uh, is it? You know, I guess, in, in, not to say inevitable, but do you guys just feel like you're right on the cusp of it? It's right there in your grasp. Cusp of what? On the cusp of it. Do you feel like it's almost just right there in your grasp when when a game goes down to the end like that? And it's just okay, we're right here on the verge of getting that W and then getting the same the other way.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like we're, like you said, we're one play away. But like, like I said a second ago, there's ways to prevent us being one play away. We can we can be up by two three if we execute earlier in the game. You know what I'm saying? So. I mean, it doesn't need to come down to the wire every game like that, especially when you have a great offense like we do and you got talented players on defense. It doesn't have to come down to the last-second field goal every game.
0: Two straight road games. you looking forward to getting back in the, in the dome?
2: Yeah, but, I mean, it's going to be exciting. I know the fans are going to be pumped up, but if we're going to be a championship team like we said we want to be, you got to win on the road. So we've got to get those corrected too
5: all the veterans say yesterday obviously this team isn't gonna splinter what's pretty much the feeling after a game or or this morning more so i
2: mean i haven't been, been in the team meeting room i think we got a sick taste in our mouth because it's the second close game we've lost but uh i mean guys still know there's a lot of football left um we're gonna stick together i know it's a secondary right after the game we're trying to get things fixed from the tape immediately so uh I mean, we're just going to keep improving. I mean, and we got to do it in a hurry. We don't got no time.
1: All right, so with that, let's uh, flip over to the offensive side of the football. And, uh, you know, we've talked about the offense quite a bit in the first two weeks. And to help us understand a little bit more about what's going on with them, John DeShazer started uh, the offensive side of the visit with starting tackle Teron Armstead.
5: Teron is back-to-back tough ones to, to swallow, I guess. I'm um, just, I guess, how do you guys, you know, get over it, put it behind you, and start anew? new. Oh, yeah, very. Um, two really tough losses. I mean, this, this is the time we come together more than ever. When you lose that way, I guess back-to-back weeks, does it take a little bit more steam out of you, or does it give you more resolve to go forward and, and get that win?
4: I mean, this team has so much experience. These guys have been through so much. They know about going through slumps and adversity.
5: So we just got to get this first win, we'll get the rolling, start stacking them. You know, as a young guy who hadn't experienced this kind of start in the NFL, you guys got off real hot last year. Um, have they, I guess, said, have the veterans said anything specific, or is it just kind of one of those things where we know we're good enough to work out of this?
4: We, we, we know we're more than good enough to work out of it. We just got to keep putting the work in, just get this first win, and we can start stacking, stacking some more. You know. How
5: much do you guys look forward to the next one after, after a game like that? I mean, it'll, it'll be the home opener, obviously, in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. How much are you looking forward to that? It's going to be electric. The
4: Superdome is going to be electric. We're going to come out with a lot of fire and intensity. Bigger game. Yeah.
5: Offensively, you guys sputtered a little bit early, and you got it rolling in the middle pretty good. Um, was there anything specific, any specific adjustments? I guess not to give away a game film or anything, but anything specific you guys saw that, that were enabled you to kind of get it rolling? I was just started off with a couple of unfortunate
4: plays, uh, kind of fumbled snap, crowd got into it, just had
5: to, you know, settle our feet, get it rolling. Now, I guess looking forward, looking at the uh, turnover battle, I mean, it's critical every game you guys mm-hmm. have only committed three. Unfortunately, they have been three pretty big ones. It, 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 is that one of those things where Coach Payton is emphasizing? And we know he emphasizes it all the time, but you know, is it, does it take on even more importance when you, I guess you look at the scoreboard and say, okay, had it not been for this or that or this or that, you know, we'd have been on the other side. Yeah, I
4: mean, every week, every game, you can look at the turnover battle and you can pretty much tell how the game went. So uh, that's definitely a important part of of our emphasis.
1: From the uh, skill position group, Robert Meacham kind of had a busy day on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Number 17 also sat down with our own John DeShazer yesterday morning. You're a vet. You've been through some tough times. What's the message going through the locker room right now?
6: Stay positive. Stay together. I mean, we're the only ones that can change the outcome. You know, coaches coach and players play.
5: Are games like these more difficult to, I guess, digest and kind of move on from to, to last second, or does it really, or does it matter either way? Every
6: loss is hard to digest, but you do learn from it. Um feels so like now we just go in here and watch the film and change our mistakes. And um, when we play Minnesota, we got to do better.
5: Now what's the message from this one? You said everyone's, you know, you learn something from all of them. What, what, what do you learn from this one?
6: That it stings. And, you know, um... You feel like, on paper, you're better than that team, but paper don't matter. Who shows up Sunday is what matters.
5: Offensively, offensively, we're not used to seeing you guys. I guess struggle at all. You got out of the gate a little bit slow. Was it a little bit of a stunner for you guys, or you know did you feel like you know there were some things Cleveland was able to do to kind of you know, slow you down a little?
6: Obviously, you know it's difficult for us as an offense because you know we pride ourselves on starting fast and. Last two weeks, we really just haven't had that big start like we wanted. Um, Against Atlanta, it was okay. It It wasn't good. And this week, as you can see, it wasn't good at all. You know, we had a rough start, put our defense in the bind, I think. And, you know, we came back and made plays, but it wasn't enough.
5: Coach always stresses the turnovers. You guys, unfortunately, have committed a couple of calls with these first couple of games. You know, is that one of the things that you look at and say, okay, you, you can tangibly see it, and so the, we the talk, message is always there? We
6: talk about that every week, you know, um, taking care of the ball. And um, we just have to do better at taking care of the ball and put ourselves in positions help. to help our quarterback, help our line, um, help the running backs. We just have to do, do things that, you know, that we know we can do better.
1: All right, so we'll kind of use those as our wrap-up as far as looking back at the Cleveland game. And up next, we'll start to talk about the next opponent, the Minnesota Vikings, a team that's got a lot of news surrounding them right now. Mike Wabshaw from Vikings.com to join us next year on the Black and Blue Report.
5: Fans, cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino and Hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport-bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT.
0: lotto is all across louisiana with cash jackpot starting at two hundred fifty thousand dollars that's a whole, a whole lot of cash from the neon lights of shreveport bossier city to the banks of grand isle lotto is your game it doesn't leave the state and there's nothing like it anywhere else it's louisiana fun just for louisiana lotto it's a whole lot of cash must be at least 21 to purchase Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We've been kind of looking back a little bit at the weekend for the Saints, but we also want to look ahead, too, as the Saints will finally open at home for this season when they welcome in the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday afternoon. And to help us start that process of getting to know the Vikings a little bit better, we welcome in Mike Walbshaw. He's from Vikings.com. Good morning, Mike.
3: Good morning, guys. It's always, you know, you always want to flip the calendar a day early after a loss, don't you?
1: I I agree. I think that we're all on the same page on that. And while the NFL teams kind of take the Tuesday off, sort of, um, and before they jump onto the practice field again tomorrow, I thought we'd at least get some impressions about what's to come here for this weekend's game. And and Mike, I'm hoping maybe we'll just start at 30,000 feet and kind of give us where things are with Minnesota after... You know, getting a blowout win in week one and then a not so great week two. What are we to read into the first two games for the Vikings? Yeah, I
3: mean it's it's you know, it's interesting because the NFL is filled um every week of every season is filled with so many close games and I, I know you guys probably talk about it a lot and so do I. The margin between winning and losing is so is so thin. And you guys have experienced that, um, you know, in the early part of your season, but we've actually experienced the opposite. We've had two very lopsided games, one in our favor and one not. And I, I look at those games, and every game has its own unique set of circumstances. But um, a, as you said, the 30,000-foot view, I look at it this way. In week one, when we beat the Rams 34-6, to six, uh, we ran the ball well, and we used that to go play action, and we didn't turn the ball over, and we made a big play before halftime uh, to give us a 13-0 to zero lead that really swung the momentum for the rest of the game. Conversely, last week against the Patriots, they ran the ball well. They pressured our quarterback. Uh, they won the turnover battle four to zero, and they made a big play right before halftime to swing momentum and alter the game. So, um, really, it was a, a reversal in the wrong direction for us from week one to week two. And I think it comes down to um, taking care of the football, being positive, and the turnover margin, which um, we were plus five in the preseason, and we went four and zero. Oh, we were plus two and week one and we went 1-0 and in week one and um, so you know it comes down to us to being positive in the turnover margin uh, running the ball well on offense and rushing the passer well on defense and we got away from that in week two and we lost the game so I think for the Vikings to get back on the right track they got to get back to doing those three things.
1: Yeah quality of opponent probably has a little something to do with it too Mike but you know when you see the the, the two extremes like that I'm sure Vikings fans and, and those covering the team may be asking well which Vikings team is it? I I'm curious as to what you think will, you know, move forward here with Minnesota. Are they a team that's going to be on shaky ground or is this a team that is going to be more like the week one Minnesota outfit?
3: Yeah, to me, it looks to me like a team that's more like the week one outfit. And, and, and I say that for a couple of reasons. One is we looked good in the preseason guys. And I know those, those games don't matter, but they do count. And, uh, or I guess you'd say it the other way around. They don't count in the, in the standings, but they matter. Uh, that's why they play them. You want to look good in the preseason, particularly when you're building a new program, which Mike Zimmer is doing here. So we had a really good training camp in preseason, and then we came out and played really well in Week 1. Now, when I say that I think the Vikings are more like Week 1 than they were Week 2, I don't mean that we're going to be beating teams 34-6 to 6 every week. You don't do that in this league. But the way the Vikings played in Week 1, um, it, it was not necessarily a sensational effort, even though the score would tell you it was. You have to keep in mind, we had a pick six at the end of the game. That blew, that blew the game open a little bit and made the score more lopsided than it really might have been. And then at halftime, it was going to be a 6-0 to zero game, guys, before we had an interception and marched down four plays and scored a touchdown. I mean, that game was a grindy, a grinder of a game and uh, we got that touchdown right before halftime to make it 13 to nothing. And Even at that point, the game wasn't over, but we were playing pretty solid. We were taking care of the ball. We were running well enough to keep the Rams' defense off balance, and we were striking through the air um, when the opportunity presented itself, not to mention we had Cordero Patterson running all over the field. So, to me, that's that's what we're, the Vikings are going to do for most of this season. They didn't do it in Week 2. They got a, they, they made plenty of errors, and they got to correct those, but – I see this team being a a team that does not beat itself very often and being a team that's in a lot of close games where defense matters and special teams matters. Uh, That's what I think the identity of this team is in Mike Zimmer's first year, and that's kind of what we saw through the first two quarters, three quarters of week one, and I think that's what we're going to see going forward. I think week two was an outlier performance for the Vikings, and I really don't anticipate a repeat of that going forward.
1: Mike Wabshell from Vikings.com with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Mike, what was Adrian Peterson's absence on Sunday? What kind of an effect did that have on the Vikings offense?
3: You know, I think it, I think it, um, I don't want to take anything away from New England defensively because I think that's a very good defensive team. I think that's going to be a top 10, maybe top 5 defense when all is said and done this season. Very good outfit. They came in with a good plan. So I, I, by no means am I trying to take anything away from them. But I also can't hide from the fact that when, when 28's not back there, you know, the threat of him running the ball and breaking, uh, breaking out for a touchdown at any given moment is gone. I think things like play action become less effective. You know, Our success on first down, which is predicated on getting four or five yards a carry from Adrian, uh, and that puts us in second and medium and third and short a bunch, you know that was kind of taken away. Now, there's no rule that said Matt Adiata, Jarek McKinnon, and the rest of the offense couldn't run the ball anyway. I mean, the Vikings could have done that if they would have executed better. But I just, you know, and I understand that coaches like to say, not much changed for us. We still had to go out there and execute next man up. I respect all of that. But we're not, you know, we're talking about Adrian Peterson who's one of the better players in the NFL. So I just, I, I, I have to think that. Um, that that took some pressure off of New England's defense. And if you go back to week one and and watch, um, watch that game, the Vikings had a great offensive dynamic going because they had Adrian Peterson running downhill at the interior of the Rams' defense, and then you had Cordero Patterson on some of those jet sweeps and pitches running outside and stressing the outside of the Rams' defense. That was really an effective dynamic for the Vikings in week one, it kept the Rams off balance, and then it allowed us to sprinkle in the passing game where we had touchdowns to Kyle Rudolph and Greg Jennings. We did not have that dynamic without Adrian in week two, where you didn't have that the best running back in the NFL running downhill at you while Cordero Patterson stressed you to the outside. So I think the Vikings missed that dynamic in week two. Um, and uh, But the NFL is all about adjustments. You've got to be able to adjust on the fly. You've got to adjust week to week, and the Vikings have a bunch of adjustments they're going to have to make this week because – the the New Orleans Saints are not an 0-2 football team at home. They're 0-2 in their first uh, two road games. When they play in that building, they are different, and we're going to get an angry animal on Sunday, and I think everyone knows that.
1: Yeah, I think there's probably some some aspect to that. And and with regard to Peterson, Mike, I guess I'm going to let the fans decide on their own whether they think that Adrian Peterson should be playing football right now or whether he shouldn't. But, you know, you and I in our positions, that's that's not our decision, so there's no sense in trying to – to figure all that out i will ask you this though whether he plays in new orleans on sunday or whether the situation that was this past weekend continues um is the is it a distraction for the minnesota vikings and that organization and uh and and it would be obviously uh, understandable if it if it is um but at the same time how do you think mike zimmer and that locker room tries to handle this this situation that's the only way to put it i guess
3: yeah, you know, with with the Adrian situation, you know, it's it's not been one for me because as a, an employee of the team, I don't, I can't comment on it. I can really only comment on what happens on the field. But I think you you bring an interesting angle up here with Coach Zimmer, and I remember when we hired Coach Zimmer this off season. Looking back at you know, because I I knew who he was. Obviously, he's a, he's he's been a high profile coach because of the success he's had at different stops, but. I looked a little bit deeper into some of his history. And and Coach Zimmer, like probably a lot of NFL coaches, has some experience dealing with missing key players. And, and, and really, you just have to go back to last season in Cincinnati, where his two best defensive players, for my money, Leon Hall, a corner, and one of his defensive tackles, Geno Atkins, missed most of the season. The Bengals still have the number two, number three defense in the NFL without its two best players. So, you know, I, I think this, my, that for Mike Zimmer, he and he's 35 years or 30 years coaching in the NFL um, or coaching football. I think he is so ingrained with the philosophy of it's next man up. When you're missing a guy, it's next man up. And that is really the, the mindset that I think NFL coaches have. And I think they're able to separate themselves from the sensationalistic. Um, you know, uh, culture that we have when a star player goes missing. You know, I think Marvin Lewis and the Bengals, for example, if they're missing A.J. Green, I don't think they're sitting there worrying about it. I think they have a next man up mentality. And you look at the game Mohammed Sanu had come in for A.J. Green. I mean, that's how teams and coaches think, and I think that's going to be the mindset of this team on Sunday.
1: All right, Mike, let's talk about some of the other aspects of this football game and the Vikings that maybe Saints fans are unfamiliar with. You you mentioned some of the big names earlier. Matt Castle, obviously, at the quarterback situation. Uh, Patterson, who uh, I think is one of the more dynamic guys around on the offensive side of the football. Defensively, though, are there, are there things that I've left out of the conversation that should be out in front?
3: Yeah, you know, you know, one guy who's really looked good for us is, uh, is Harrison Smith, our safety. And, you know, he, he came in and had a great rookie season and then got hurt last year. He's back and healthy and looks like a great fit in Mike Zimmer's defense. And to be honest with you, I I knew obviously being around Harrison for two seasons that he has a diverse skill set. He's good in coverage. He can come into the box and play the run, and you can blitz with him. So I knew that he had this diverse skill set, but I didn't know what his fit would be in Mike Zimmer's defense and how he would handle it. And he kind of had a quiet training camp, uh, and by quiet, I mean he wasn't picking off a bunch of passes, and obviously he's not sacking the quarterback because the quarterback is off limits in training camp. So he kind of went under the radar in training camp, but in these first two games he's been anything but under the radar. I mean, he's, he's among our leading tacklers. He's pressuring the quarterback. He had a pick six against St. Louis. So I, Harrison Smith, to me, is a guy who's really fitting in well uh, with this defense. Another guy that I will bring up, and I know you're familiar with him because I just talked to him. Uh, is Tom Johnson. Uh, Tom Johnson, for us, a free agent signing, um, if you count the four preseason games and the two regular season games, that's six games we've played. He's had a half sack or more in five of those six games. And, um, and he's not a starter for us, but he is a key member of the defensive line rotation, and we have been rotating those guys very liberally in our first two regular season games. and I think he's a key part of why we're able to rotate so often and why uh, we're having success on the defensive line he can play the three technique. If you need to slide him outside, he can go there. If it's uh, third and long, you can slide him in uh, inside at, at, and play a, a, a nose tackle type of guy, even though he's not your traditional nose tackle on third and long. You can put him in there uh, in a lot of different packages, and I've really been impressed with Tom Johnson. And, and then the heart and soul of our defense is Chad Greenway. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's around the ball a bunch. He had a pass breakup last week, a tackle for loss last week. He's the heart and soul of our defense, and uh, he's led our team in tackles for the last six seasons. Um, and, you know, the first game of his career back in 2006, the pr- a preseason game, he tore his ACL in the opening kickoff. It was, um, it was an awful story, uh, but he hasn't missed a game since then. Since he returned, he hasn't missed a game. So, he, you know, he's been a phenomenal player for us. And then Anthony Barr, first round pick linebacker, um, you know, he's been making some splashy plays as well. So, yeah. Um, I don't think we're the 1985 Bears defense yet, um, but uh, I like a lot of the players that we have, and those guys have been improving every step of the way.
1: Well, it's a good start to our conversation about the Vikings, and I appreciate it very much, Mike.
3: Well, my pleasure. Thanks for including me.
1: I hope that you uh, make your way down to New Orleans. Uh, It'll be a little warmer here than it is in Minneapolis, even in September, I promise you.
3: That's what I anticipate, and um, I do a a quick 15-20-minute podcast every week on Vikings.com. This week's guest and I just recorded it, with Tom Johnson. So uh, I know a lot of people are probably looking for a scouting report from Tom on the Saints, but I, I asked yeah. for a scouting report from Tom on some of the food. Uh, so uh, I think he gave me some good information, and I'm definitely planning on being there and scoping out your, uh, your wonderful city.
1: Yeah, you may need more than the 15- to 20-minute podcast to cover the food scene in New Orleans alone.
3: Well, especially with Tom Johnson explaining it all. He likes
1: food. <laughs> There's no doubt about that.
3: Mike (laughs) Walpshaw
1: from Vikings.com, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Safe travels this weekend, Mike, and uh, thanks again for your insight on the Vikings. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. You bet. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's Black and Blue Report, the Tuesday edition, in just a moment. Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and your Pelicans have been working throughout the offseason to take this team to the next level. Ticket plans for the 2014-15 season are on sale now. There's a variety of packages for all fans featuring half-season and 12-game options, including the ever-popular weekend plan that averages a couple of games a month. Packages start as low as $185. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and take flight with your Pelicans today.
7: No matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866 Auctioner to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly.
1: Before we turn out the lights here in Studio B on this Tuesday on the Black and Blue Report, we'll talk about tomorrow just a little bit. Uh, Pretty big uh, day for, of course, our fantasy football players. It's our weekly visit with Jake Seeley. It's our fantasy football focus uh, brought to you by Xbox One. And uh, Jake comes to us, obviously, from rotoexperts.com. Daniel Salerson will jump behind the microphone for that visit tomorrow. A lot of folks are always asking here early in the week who is calling the game on television. Uh, It is a Fox game this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings, and this week's crew is uh, Chris Myers, Rondé Barb, Jennifer Hale, and we'll effort to have one of those folks, as we like to do on Wednesday, uh, help us with their uh, broadcast prep tomorrow on the program, and we'll probably talk some basketball, too, as uh, we should be hearing from our new FIBA World Cup champions, uh, Monty Williams and Anthony Davis, and we'll talk... You'll either be hearing for them or we'll be talking about it tomorrow on on the Black and Blue Report, that's for sure. And then, can you believe it, training camp practices start, I want to say, two weeks from today. Uh, Media day is two weeks from yesterday, so I'm assuming that uh, two weeks from today we'll be talking about full-on training camp practice for the Pelicans. That's pretty crazy stuff. So we're almost there, uh, hoop heads, and uh, certainly I think there's a lot to be excited about when you're talking about the Pelicans in the upcoming season. Hey, thanks to Mike Wabshaw from Vikings.com today and to John DeShazer for uh, checking in with us from the locker room yesterday, uh, interviewing Kenny Vaccaro, Teron Armstead, and Robert Meacham. Thanks to you as well. We hope that you have a great rest of your Tuesday. It's back to work for the football team tomorrow, and we'll be right there for you not only on the black and blue report but on NewOrleansSaints.com and your mobile app as well. And that coverage begins with the morning report tomorrow prior to the 11 a.m. scheduled practice. Daniel Salerson's our producer here in Studio B. I'm Sean Kelly, and we'll uh, thank you and say goodbye here on this Tuesday. And we'll look forward to seeing you right back here on the Black and Blue Report tomorrow.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com